What's going on, everybody? Before we get into into this week's episode, make sure you guys check out NordVPN. You can use NordVPN to browse the internet privately, safely, and securely. If you use our affiliate link, it should be in basically every one of our bios. If you're watching this on YouTube, it's just down below. But use our NordVPN affiliate link. You can sign up for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll save up to 70% on a three-year plan for only $3.50 a month. That's a great deal. You can use up to six devices simultaneously on it. I use NordVPN myself, so make sure you guys check that out in all of our bios and use our affiliate link. This is the Going the Distance Podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're like, oh, I wish I got him in the top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win? The field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bunnell, and alongside me is Elijah Spann. Today is August 25th. We are currently live on Twitch, YouTube, Periscope, all that good stuff. But if you're not watching this live, don't worry. You will you can hear all of our episodes uploaded on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasting. You can make sure to check out our website where you can find all of our content, including vlogs, over at gtdsports.com. Follow our personal accounts on social media. I'm over at RyanBanell8, and Elijah is at ElijahSpan19. If you want to keep up with our gambling picks, football season is heating up. I know we're going to be betting more. We've mentioned it before, but now it's finally time. Follow us on the Action Network. You can search us by our full name, and there you can keep up with all of our betting picks. Last but not least is the GTD Sports newsletter at the bottom of our website. There you can sign up for email notifications on all podcast episodes and all that good stuff. All right, that was a lot, but it's been an interesting week. We uh, we had our we mentioned it earlier last week on our last episode. Um, we had a fantasy podcasters fantasy league draft. We put together. Mm-hmm. Elijah was working on it for a while. He put together. 10 other podcasts, including ourselves and the Blanket Coverage podcast, which is soon to be on GTD. But it was a ton of fun. I'll let Elijah talk a bit about my, a bit more about that because the draft was last night. So in case you missed out, you missed a good one. Yeah, that, or that huge two-and-a-half-hour stream. Yeah, that went way longer than I thought it would. Not more than I expected, but it was fun. It was fun to stream, properly stream the fantasy football draft and with all those guys and how competitive the league is, so – but uh, yeah, that's definitely my highlight of the week, especially in terms of like the involvement that we've gotten from all the other podcasts. Uh, this has been yeah. something that I've been working on. I thought about it, um, I don't know, a month ago, month and a half ago. Yeah, it's been in the uh, works for a while. Yeah, so, and then just contacting a bunch of different podcasts and getting it all together and, you know, help from you. And uh, it's been cool to like see it through and just, I've been really, really uh, grateful to all the other podcasts and how they've like fully embraced the idea of how we can help each other out with this. Um, it's been really cool. Yeah, honestly, I, I didn't really expect it to take off as much as it did because it was kind of mm-hmm. quiet for a little bit, you know, in the group message mm-hmm. and everything. But now that the draft happened, yeah, everybody seems to be fully on board. Yeah. Um, everybody was tweeting their lineups. They seem pretty excited. I mean, this should be a really competitive league. Oh, yeah, this league's definitely going to probably be the most competitive league I've ever been in. Because, like, one, it's 12-man, and two, like, all these guys know exactly what they're doing. So there's no dumbasses to rely on. 
Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I was going to say nobody took Mahomes in the first, but I'm pretty sure somebody took him in the second, or was that the third? Maybe? Yeah, it was a it was a guy who picked who got first, so he picked him um, third like, round in the snake. Yeah, bottom bottom of the second. Mm. So I guess like third, if you wanted, really wanted to, but whatever. But yeah, yeah close enough. No, but it's been it's been a lot of fun. What's your? Oh, I guess that was already your highlight of the week. So what's your low light? My of this highlight. Well, highlight of the week. Um, my low light of the week is that Hard Knocks is high key boring. Um, Real? I haven't watched it, so. So I've watched it. Um, Matt, can you fuck off, please? I took him on a walk, so he wouldn't do this, but he is. He's being a cunt. Um, but anyway, uh, it's pretty boring. There was in the third episode. There was one cool part where they did like a three-minute drone thing all around the star in Frisco, the Cowboys practice facility. Badass! Mm-hmm. It's huge. I knew it was big, and I've always known it was big, but like it really showed you just how big of a complex it is. Cool to see. We used to have high school um, football games there. It was sick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Because you're from Kennedale. Yeah. That's right. Um, and it's really showing about how just rich as fuck Jerry Jones is. Like there was one scene, he's, but he's kind of a ball with it because there was like, he was they were in the helicopter and like, oh yeah, we gotta go back and p- pick up Steven. He goes, yeah, let's just start the day fucking it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then like after they got Steven and he goes, take me around the stadium, <laughs> just to just to like admire his 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 Taj Mahal world he's built in yeah. in Arlington, and he's like. Looks just it looks even more beautiful today than it did twelve years ago, and you know, dude, so. I could not imagine having Jerry but, Jones money, bro. But outside of that, bro, it's been it's been lackluster. Like we, there was like a solid twenty minutes about like our fifth string running back who's definitely gonna get cut because he sucks. About how he <laughs> lost a contact, and then and during one of the during the last preseason game, and then he couldn't see and he dropped the pass, and then. He put on rec specs at practice, so they kept on talking about how he had rec specs. But he like he's an undrafted free agent. Um, for some reason, I just don't like him. I don't know. I just I don't like. I want to see you don't more. Get a good vibe. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't fuck with this vibe. And like, I don't know. It was just he also sucks. He like dropped every single pass in practice. And hard knocks spent a solid twenty minutes on him. I'm like, this guy is gonna be nothing to me in like two weeks. You know, I wish they would do like a hard knocks type thing for other sports too, like basketball. I saw LeBron tweet something about that. Yeah. How he wants to bring that to basketball. I think that would be dope. Yeah. And I don't know. I need to watch more of it. Another little low light of the week I'm just going to toss in there. Um, I can't start my freaking solo podcast because I keep on forgetting commission Fiverr podcast art. Oh, yeah. Logo for it. So I finally did today because hey, I had a really great idea. And it was it's gonna be seventy bucks, and I don't have seventy bucks to just ditch out like that. So for the cover art, <laughs> yeah. Damn, I feel like you could find it cheaper. Well, I wanted to do a whole bunch of things. Like I wanted to splice like a different background in it, and I wanted to add a picture of me that I had, and then add a dog. It was gonna be like it's gonna be like super badass. Okay, so I mean that sounds sick. He, Shit. He he broke down like because it's a picture of me, my back, like looking at this golf hole. But I'm mm-hmm. gonna have them. But like the background is like because it's a it's a declined hole. It's a hole like a top of the hill. Yeah. And so I want them to splice mountains. Like I have a picture of mountains and splice that over it instead of being a golf. But I still have like my golf club and then have like my dog next to me, all in cartoon, with like. I, I guess what you're saying. Yeah, but 
it would be, it's 70 bucks. Well, you know, quality, it, it's, quality. It's low, low key, like a little worth it. Cause like if he, if this guy's like a much five star review, so he's going to do a good job. Like it's going to be pretty badass. So. Yeah, I would expect so. And I mean, the good thing about like five or two is if you're not satisfied, you can literally just get your money back. Like it's pretty nice. I like their, their format with everything. But if you guys don't know, Elijah has a solo podcast coming soon to the GTD Sports Network. Unexpected Value is going to be the name. So stay on the lookout for that. That's going to be some good stuff coming. Um, for my highlight of the week is essentially what we've been talking about, kind of GTD's growth uh, these past like week or so. We just got a couple new people apply um, to be a writer. Uh, so shout out James Burke. We just added him on staff. He's going to start writing some blogs for us. Exciting, exciting stuff there. Um, and we also got another applicant that I'm currently in works with getting him on board. And uh, last but not least, too, we just secured Zach Sports. So, uh, Zach Rieger, he is going to be doing uh, he's going to be joining the GTD Sports Network with his podcast. It's a fantasy based podcast. So that'll bring a more of a niche market, you know, which is what we need. Some more specific yeah. kind of stuff, too. No, which is awesome, because I think literally two weeks ago, I was like when we were looking for podcasts, I was like, we need a guy who does fantasy only. Yeah, exactly. So, so this is clutch. And That's he's a perfect. cool guy. So Yeah, and we talked to him a bit. He's a great guy. Yeah, going to fit Harvard in really well. Met him through the Fantasy Podcast League, so that's awesome. Yeah, and then my low light of this week is the, the same low light as last week. Fucking Arsenal blows, man. It's just so painful. Um, we had a game today where we won 6-0, to zero, which that was nice, but it wasn't a Premier League game. It was a, a cup game, so I don't even care. In terms of Premier League, we have not scored a single goal this season, and we lost to Chelsea. Yeah, it, we've only played two games, but we went from losing to Brentford, getting shut out by Chelsea at home, and now we have That's to go and play fucking Manchester City, bro. We're literally going to be 0-3 without a goal three games into the season. I guarantee it. There's, We're going to get shit on by Man City. So depressing time to be an Arsenal fan right now. Yeah. And Man City is about to get... Uh, Ronaldo sounds dude, like dude. There, there are talks right now. Yeah, there's there's a lot of talks right now. Um, Ronaldo wants out of Juve. PSG seems uninterested, so I don't know what's going to happen there because Mbappe is supposed to be leaving PSG soon, too. Now that they have Messi, really, wouldn't yeah. that be crazy? That'd be crazy if Ronaldo joined PSG, dude, uh, with Messi. With that would Messi? be insane. That would be that insane. Would be ins yeah. I don't. I don't even know what I would do with myself. That'd be kind of. That'd just be kind of stupid, though, because like, like we said, like stupid. the French, the French league is kind of soft. Yeah, other than PSG, that's and Monaco like, has their okay years. That would be like if Bama moved to the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah, essentially, it's kind of how it is with PSG in in the French league. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go ahead and we talked about it before. Our podcast fantasy draft was last night. We're in a fantasy football mood. It's draft season right now. Uh, we're going to have our buddy Cole Markey come on. You guys have probably seen Cole on some of our last or later, sorry, previous episodes. I don't know why I'm saying later. Um, he's also one of our writers on gtdsports.com. So go check out his blogs if you haven't already. Great stuff there. And we will be back in just quick 10 seconds with Cole to talk about our fantasy team. What's up, Cole? How are you doing? Good, good. It's a uh, it's a great time to be a sports fan with football around the corner, both college and the pros, obviously. So uh, the next uh, 
the rest of the year has been great. Just sports, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, football season is finally upon us. I, I see Mac is excited too, Elijah. Max, Max pumped. Max pumped. <laughs> Max, a big football, huge football guy. All right, I'm going to go ahead and get our um, our fantasy team pulled up here so we can do a little bit of analysis. Cole was uh, looking through our team a bit, giving some pointers maybe. Uh, we're going to kind of walk through our team if you guys didn't watch our fantasy draft last night. And also, if you're listening to the recorded version, again, highly recommend watching the live version of this or at least the recorded version on YouTube because yeah. there are these visual elements like this, what we're about to do. So Yeah, doing a little bit of bad radio. Yeah, a little bit of bad radio. You know, we got a little bit of uh, visuals going on, but it is what it is. You know, we're in the modern era. We're in the Twitch era, bro. This is this is what it is now. Sure. Honestly, you know, people right. that watch podcasts more than they listen. So, yeah, I do too. I prefer seeing at least some face. You know, like yeah, you know, yeah. All righty, we got it up here. This is our matchup. So I, I again don't really know how to work fucking sleeper. It looks like you got our lineup set yeah. now, right, Elijah? It is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to work it yet either, but I can already tell that it's the best fantasy platform. Yeah, it already seems way better than ESPN, way just, better than anything yeah. I've used in the past. I just got to get used to it. All right. Is that better for view right there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see it perfectly. Yo, as we said, this is going to be competitive, bro. We've already got people making roster moves and shit. Somebody already added Michelle. Yeah, Sony Michelle dropped Alan Lazard. Fucking A. Wait, if somebody, wait, what? Free Tim Tebow, what? Did they draft him? Maybe by, I, even, I don't know, I guess. I didn't even pay attention. All right, but it, without further ado, Cole, I want to get just first off, what is your initial reaction to the GTD podcast fantasy team? Uh, you know, it's a great team. It is a good team. There's no doubt. Um, watching the draft, too, I, I know there was some contention. Especially, I know, Elijah, you weren't. Incredibly happy with um, with Cornover. I mean, you're happy that you got McCornover, but Robinson, I know you won pretty um, heavily at that um, yeah. third round pick. Um, it is. I, I agree. It, it definitely is a fifty-fifty because McCorn is definitely. I think I looked out of all the teams. You could have, if you had chosen Robinson, you would probably would have had one, uh, probably top three running back. You know, duo. I'd say because there's some other ones that like. I think the the first team had McCaffrey and Dobbins, which is probably the best running back duo. I would say. But I think with McLaurin and Hopkins, I think you guys have the best receiver um, duo in the in the all of all the teams. So I do I too. I'm dad, really happy with our receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I, I mean, you got a tier one in Hopkins and a tier two in McLaurin. So I mean, I think you guys have the best receiver duo, which off the bat because you have a lot of the teams. And then um, of course Chubb, I think is great. Uh, you get definitely chose the best player available um, with your. That I saw, and then uh, Jacobs. Jacobs is, is decent. He's a good. He's a good RB too, I'd say. And then, yeah, um, the, I was. Uh, I realized that how much stock that I have in um in Jacobs because we had a we had a big debate over Jacobs versus Swift. I was and, pro um, Swift. He was pro Swift, and I realized last night because I saw something that had like Swift over Jacobs, and I was like, holy fuck, uh, if Swift has a better season than Jacobs, and my I'm gonna get got. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it, it was a tough position because I mean, you mentioned Cole like James Robinson. Yeah, if we could have got James Robinson and Nick Chubb, I would have been a lot happier with that. My philosophy was I really thought we could have got McLaurin and then James Robinson next round, 
but somebody took a reach for him like right after us. Well, I also too yeah. that day, as soon as the ETN news dropped, I texted Brian. I said, we should put a second or third round pick on him. And it was the third round. And Ryan was like, no, oh, we can get him in the fourth. I was like, okay, I believe you. I really then, thought, bro. I really thought. And then, and then it didn't. But it's okay. It's okay. We got a good team. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting debate between Swift and Jacob because there, there are reasons to be obviously very high on Swift. Um, he's the uh, number one back, of course. Um, but they're saying uh, he's having some conditioning. They don't have conditioning up to par. Carrying um, the workload. At least that's what the Lions have said. And he had a groin injury as well. And the groin is obviously, those are not good injuries at all. So that's slightly concerning. And on Jacobs' end, of course, he's the number one back. But as you, I think you said last night, Eliza, the O-line is obviously not as good as it was last year. Yeah, the O-line's kind of rough right now. We're not, we're not really sure what Kenyon, they signed Kenyon Drake. Um, yeah, Kenyon Drake really is sure. there, but... We're not really sure what the Raiders are going to do with him. So... That could be interesting to see. If they, if they don't, Probably I mean, pass catching. If yeah. I take a guess. Yeah. So that's, that's another interesting uh, piece of that story. But, I mean, you could go either way. But I think – and then, uh, um, yeah, the, the running backs and wide receivers are good. And, of course, Kyler is sensational. Um, in my league, he's, yeah. a, he's a keeper. In my, I kept him in my league. I had one keeper in my league, and I, I kept Kyler in the sixth round. So that was um, – he's, 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 he's all worldly. Uh, oh, do you guys be, do you guys do a dynasty league with one keeper? No, we just uh, it's it's a no. I mean, it's not really a dynasty league. It's just I mean, I guess just the one keeper. I mean, I guess you want to call it that, but no, we just get one keeper. Oh, um, that's interesting. Six, six rounder later, if they were on our team the whole season the year before, then um, without trading them or dropping them or anything, then we get to keep one keeper or six rounder later. And I was debating, I was debating Kyler in the sixth or Swift in the seventh. Um, but quarterbacks take a little bit more in our league than compared to like most leagues. So I went with Tyler, even though Swift was definitely a good option too. But there's a lot of, um, yeah. So I think, yeah, Tyler, he should be top three this year easily, I think. Yeah, I think he, he will have a great year because we were looking at his rushing stats, bro. And it's he almost broke 4,000 passing and 1,000 rushing like last yeah. season. And I, I think he's going to have a better year this year. But yeah, with the Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake thing, I am a bit nervous that Kenyon Drake's going to come in and steal all of his receptions. I mean, it's not like he really had that many. I mean, let's look like receptions four, three. Okay, that's three receptions a game I could live with. You know what I mean? If that's what Josh Jacobs is getting, that's fine. But now I'm concerned, though, that Kenyon Drake's going to come in and steal all of them from him. I think a likely scenario, too, is that they're going to try it out for the first couple of games. And Kenyon Drake's going to flame out like he's done everywhere else he's been. And they're going to go back to having – Yeah, and then just go back to having Josh Jacobs as their number one three-down back, as he should be. Yeah, oh, he should be. He, he should be a workload back. He should be getting all of the reps. I hope that Nick Chubb boots – I think Nick Chubb is going to be fantastic fantasy-wise no matter what. But I really hope he just kind of takes over that, that running back room and kicks Kareem Hunt out of there. It just takes all of his carries because I think he's totally capable of it. I uh, I foresee his receiving totals going up this year. Um, a lot of actually some experts have him like had him ranked in a PPR format, had him ranked higher than like Henry and stuff because Henry doesn't catch anything really. Mm-hmm. He's not rushing, uh, but Chubb is a little bit more of a receiver as well. With and I mean the thing about the Browns, I think most people or a lot of the like the top sports sites 
say they're the number one line in the league. Because, I mean, they're loaded on the line. Um, I think it's, the uh, Browns, Conklin. yeah, I could see that. Heller as well, I believe. So they have both those tackles. Each side. I think Heller's a tackle. So, I mean, that, they're, stacked. They're, they're like trying to like, be a great rushing offense, obviously. So I think that's, that's why Clean Hunt was, even as a, as a second running back, was drafted so high. And Chubb was obviously, you know, a top five pick. So just expect a lot of points between the both of them, especially Chubb. How are you feeling about um? This is another one of our picks that we were very, very happy to come away with. I think we got him in the eleventh round. Was a uh, Corey Davis? I think he's going to have a breakout year. Elijah and I both feel very high on him. Yeah, I, it's interesting because it, a lot of it depends on how well Zach Wilson plays, right? Because you know Zach Wilson has to. He looks a little bit rusty, a little bit. He didn't look as good in the first preseason game, but in the second preseason game with the Packers, he looks really good. So a lot of it does depend on how Zach Wilson plays. However, Corey Davis is the number one receiver there. So you expect him to get a lot of targets, a lot of receptions. And if they want to do – if Zach Wilson wants to tuck it deep, I would imagine Corey Davis is that guy. With yeah, it's going to either be Corey Davis or Elijah Moore. Yeah, Elijah, Elijah Moore, Moore is kind of a speedster, yeah. Yeah, so I – also what the Jets are going for them is they have a great line. So I think Zach Wilson won't get attacked as much. So I think I think Corey Davis, with where you dropped him, with a good with a good um, pick. So uh, yeah, I think there's a ton of value in that. Dude, I'm I'm really hype on this team. You know, Kenny Galladay I think is going to have a great year. Our boy Young Way Koo is going to drop running back one numbers this year. We should have taken him in the fucking third round, bro. He's dropping He's twenty points a game. He's worth it. Um, He's worth it. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I can see the Falcons doing a lot of their normal bullshit, just finding a way, getting to the other side, getting the opposite side of the field, but just not closing. They did a lot of that last year, so I can see the same thing again, especially with you know, Julio and uh, Mike Davis. I'm I'm not super tight on Mike Davis right now as a as a punch in back. So love Young Way. Yeah, I do too. And then our rounding out our bench, this is another one that we're pretty high on. Zach Moss, I think he's going to have a great year. Um, yeah. Not didn't do too hot last year in Buffalo, but I mean he was a rookie. Now I think he's still twenty one, which is pretty. He's literally my age, yeah. bro. That's crazy. <laughs> but this, I think he's going to have a breakout year too in that offense. Yeah, that could be a pick that works out really well. I, I'm a little surprised. That, I feel like I mean for the real thing as good as they are, you think they're running back to be like. Higher ranks, you know, but especially it's, confusing, it's a little confusing. But yeah, you're right. Zach Moss was a rookie, and I mean the Bills should be better, I guess. Which or maybe I mean the same thirteen three was they were last year, but obviously the other game, extra game. So I yeah, that was a good pick too. Also, I mean you could have also gone Singletary back to back if you want to and just one get third, but you know, Zach that's Moss true. That's why we. We went with the uh, handcuff, even though we don't have Christian McCaffrey. We went with the handcuff a handcuff of taking Chuba Hubbard because if McCaffrey gets hurt again, bro, Chuba Hubbard is going to drop ridiculous numbers. Even as a rookie, he's crazy athletic. He's basically the same type of player as Christian McCaffrey. Like they are honestly identical style of play. So I I would, I mean, I don't want to say I want McCaffrey to get hurt, but I would love to see Chuba Hubbard get an opportunity, you know? Yeah. That's going to be hype too. I'm just, I mean, McCaffrey obviously plays 
coverage down, basically. So I'm curious to see if he gets any, like, how much action he does get um, when McCaffrey does need a, you know, once once that off. Oh, yeah. But, this is, you know. this is a hardcore handcuff or to, you know, maybe even trade to the guy that owns CMC as soon as CMC or if CMC gets hurt. Yep. Yeah, that would be so. a big trade. That would be huge. We could demand a lot for that. <laughs> sure. All right, let's look at um let's look at our other GTD team in here. Let's see. It's not until week eight, I'm pretty sure. League, yeah, week eight. All right, let's look at blanket coverage. Nope, nope. All righty. So we got this is our matchup pulled up. I can't. I don't know exactly how to work sleeper to like pull up their entire team, but can you see this, Cole? I do. All right. So straight off the bat, I love uh, this is our our other for those watching. This is our other GTD podcast team. It is the blanket coverage team hosted by Jack and Noah. They were participating in our draft as well, and this is the team they came up with. I am. I really like their running back situation. Uh, Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift. That's pretty fucking baller, if you ask me. And they got Mike Davis as well. So, not too shabby. I will say, though, for their uh, wide receivers... Oh, shit, what'd I do? They did go double Vikings. Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. That's two Vikings, and I don't know how I feel about that for an RB1 and wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. And then... Um. AJ Brown, Mark Andrews, how are you feeling so far about it? I, uh, it's like they they could have gone a lot of ways, um, but I, I, it's interesting about the Vikings because it's, I mean, a lot of it does. I mean, Dalvin's going to get his touches no matter what, so he's going to. I feel like he's going to just put up the monster numbers like he did last year. Um, Probably. Kirk Cousins should be the same as he was last year. I mean, their line's a little bit better. So, um, I got a little bit more protection. And I can't, the fact that they got Swift in the fifth round is remarkable. Um, that was, I, I mean, that's a steal, basically, I'd say. Um, yeah, so, I think so. And then he uh, took him right round, before us. I know. I know you're, uh, I know you were really wanting Swift in that position. Yeah, we were hoping but, he would fall to us, but he didn't. Interesting, but I think AJ Brown's gonna be good too. But he has, um, he has he re injured his knee that he hurt last year, I think. So that's something to watch. And uh, I also think Julio, I know he's not on the team, but or he's not on this team, but he also had a hamstring injury that he's dealing with. So yeah, the, the Titans receivers are not a little, little bit banged up, but we'll see if that impacts the, the regular season. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I trust A.J. Brown over Julio, ironically. I think A.J. Yeah, Brown's going to have a better year. Yeah. Yeah. Julio's all hype, I think, right now. He's kind of old. I mean, I hate to say that about Julio, but considering it's fucking Julio Jones, like he used to be like the best receiver without a doubt, and now he's just old, <laughs> you know? It happens, you know, he can make he, he can make you eat your words with that take, though. Uh, you're right, though. He could, but... I'm not saying that Julio Jones right. has fallen off. Like, he's not bad by any means. He's just not as great as he once was. But I do agree. Uh, A.J. Brown is um, – he's the guy. He is the guy. Yeah, he's he's like another – him and D.K. Metcalf are very similar in my opinion. Except for, you know, D.K. has like more track speed. Yeah, I was about to say D.K. is definitely faster. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Definitely, definitely. Now, Cole, but you said you have a um, you have a fantasy draft coming up too, right? I do. I, I'm really excited. My my ranking. I I've been playing this for a while. I or my rankings for a while because I usually. I think last year was the first time in a while I didn't make the playoffs, and I was not happy about that at all. Um, so I think I plan a little bit more uh, this time around. So I'm interested to see how I do, but I'm I'm excited. It's it's a big part. I think it's uh, seventy five dollars per person. So, seventy five per person. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Okay, so, that's pretty that's steep. And I think it's, it's ten teams and only four make the playoffs. So that's where it. do you pick again? Uh, I picked six. So if I can get Chubb, that would be unbelievable. You think Chubb's gonna fall to six though? I don't know. He could. He could. He could very well fall to six because I I wouldn't be surprised if somebody took Saquon over him. I would be glad. I haven't haven't. I'm exactly no. You're right. I agree. I do not want Saquon, not even in the slightest. Because yeah, I'm I'm a bit nervous. ACL is concerned. But he's coming. He's not even starting to start. I don't think he might start the first game, or he won't. I don't know. Um, and the Giants have like the worst line in the league. I'm pretty sure. Like, it's ranked the bottom, like the bottom three. So that, it's one that was a, a serious injury, like an ACL, is not good. Um, that's not a recipe for you know. Anyway, who all the- who God, needs God. a good O line when you have the greatest quarterback of all time in Daniel Jones? <laughs> Is that is that your plan though? Is that your plan to take Chubb at six if you can? If I if I can't get yeah Chubb at six, if I can do that, I'll probably go Eckler or Aaron Jones. Um, I think that's good. Yeah, I think Eckler. There's an argument to be made for Eckler in like the top seven. You know, some so yeah. So I I subscribe to the uh or the fancy guru. Which is like mm-hmm. a thing, um, and he has in a PPR format. He has Eckler three. Really, uh, at running back three. Because I would imagine because well, we expect the Chargers to be better than last year. Um, they got obviously they signed they grabbed Slater somehow. He somehow he fell to fourteen, or which is insane, or thirteen, and then they signed um Lindsay or Lindsley from the Packers, give him the, all the money. So I expect their line to be better, and Eckler is like their best running back by a lot. So, yeah, Eckler's yeah. going to put up crazy numbers. Yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like maybe we should have considered Eckler more. Um, but I, I do like Chubb. I do like that we have Chubb. But I feel like maybe looking back on it, because it is full point PPR and the amount of receptions that he gets per game, maybe we should have considered him just a little bit more. And I also love him. He's yeah, one of my, he's I, great. I, yeah. So um, I've had him on my team before, and he, he just he puts up numbers. Um, yeah. So he he's he's one of those guys where it's like yeah he's like I don't know fifteenth ADP or something like that but he'd be worth a a reach from like yeah he would be worth a reach yeah you know six six twelve yeah he's worth a first round pick like for sure outside of outside of like the top four guys if you want to I wouldn't I wouldn't tell somebody they're crazy. For going uh, Eckler over Chubb or over Saquon or over Zeke, I really would, especially with full PPR. I think if they took him over the top four, like you said, though, yeah, of uh, kind of that's Kamara, a little stretch. Yeah, like Cook and and uh, Henry, that is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, is it, yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, I get one of those running backs, and then if 
get it because one, one of the guys in the league has Metcalf as a keeper, so he's he's off the board. Um, so yeah. if, I don't, if I don't get Diggs, Hopkins, I'm sorry, I won't get Devontae or a Hill. I'll probably draft another running back, or maybe I'll go Ridley. He's there. Um, Ridley may Ridley may be worth it. Yeah, because I don't know if you'd be able to get him in the third round. But yeah, I think no, Ridley's going to no, have well, a good year. No, no, it, yeah, so I'm really going to do that. Get one of the top five receivers or just a running back, running back, which is, you know. That's, yeah, that's been yeah. the meta, it seems like, in recent drafts, or at least this year, especially running backs have been just so valuable. It's crazy. Yeah, it's because there's, all, like, there's, all, there's like a list. There's like 14, there's 14 like really good running backs, really. And then after that, there's like kind of dropped off. So that's why it's not the reason kinda. you're running back, running back. It's a what? big drop off. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge drop off. Yeah. 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 So that's why. I'll, I might get running back, like unless I get one of those four because you can easily get Jefferson or you know AJ Brown or even like Allen Robinson in the third round or even definitely Eliza, you might like, or or you want CD Lamb CD Lamb I'm surprised he went in the fourth round in your draft he's like a third rounder in most people's uh, uh in most people's yeah. plays you know running uh, backs have been going so heavy in the first like 10 11 yeah. picks in every single draft it feels like. I even saw – I know a guy that got Devontae and Kelsey back-to-back because he was drafting at the bottom. Dude, I would love to have, like, the 10th pick in a 10-man league, bro. That's literally setting you up. You could probably get get away with, like, Eckler and Devontae Adams if yep. you really wanted to. Like, I Easily. Yeah, that would be a great position to be in this year specifically. The five spot is a little tough. Even the six spot in a 10-man league is kind of a little tough. Being right in the middle there, but it always works itself out. The, the board always falls, you know, it, it works itself out. But well, while we have you here, um, or actually, one more question about fantasy are you are you doing a last place punishment, Cole, for your league? So we are, but we haven't decided. This is the first we haven't done it in the past. This is the first time we're going to do it. Um, we don't know what it is yet, but I don't, I'm not gonna think myself, so I don't know what it is, but I hope it's it should be something good out of that, and you know. Yeah, yeah, we've been, uh, we're also doing it for the first time in my, like, my league with friends from home and everything. We're considering doing, like, an open mic night where the loser has to go do stand-up comedy at a club. Uh, we're considering a, a Sports Illustrated full-body shoot where they have to recreate it for the rest of the league. Wait, what are you about to say? I heard, I heard, uh, I was listening to the radio, um, like, a week ago or so, and someone said, yeah, that's what they did as their punishment was the open mic night, which I think is. And, but um, I think the, the guys in the league, you write the material and you have to say it. I think. Yeah, that's what we're going to tell them we're writing the material and we're just going to give them a blank card. <laughs> just make them wait. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, I don't know if everybody's going to be willing to risk that, though, because some of my friends in that league are just going to be like, absolutely not. No chance in hell I'm getting up there. So I would do it. I would risk it, you know, because I'm not getting fucking last. I mean. What is now this? The popular, one is, the popular one is the Waffle House one. Like Waffle House and the out. SAT are pretty big. But like, I actually yeah, know... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I actually know a guy, a group of guys that do an ASTAT league, and they no. have one of the guys straight up got an ASTAT. Oh, my God. But the That's rest painful. of the league got to decide what it was. Oh, what? Did, do you know what they got him? Yeah, so he's a Golden State Warriors fan, so they made him get like chosen one or something for LeBron. Oh my god. 
Yeah. That's fucking hilarious, though. That's a yeah, story yeah. every time. He, you know? he, he actually, like, he straight up has an ass tap. Do they do that so, every year? Like, what if somebody loses three years so, in a row? Well, here's the thing, though. I'm pretty sure he lost again. But oh, I guess, uh, I don't know. He, like, moved away because he graduated and he was, like, living in Utah. And he was pretty much just like, fuck you guys. I'm not getting another ass tap. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't either. Shit. No. One is enough. You got to draw the line. Yeah. But while we have you here, Cole, let's go ahead and talk about there's just a little bit of news preseason, you know, training camp news leading up to kickoff. Um, first things first is the Broncos just named Teddy Bridgewater their starting quarterback. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what the Broncos are doing. Like, it's like it's a fine show. Like, I don't have anything wrong with Teddy. Like, nothing wrong with Teddy Bridgewater. He's like obviously a nice guy. I mean, his story's really good. Like, he's not he's not bad, but. I mean, you drafted Drew Locke for a reason. I guess not to trade it for Teddy Bridgewater for a reason. To create competition or something, but I don't know. I would think Drew Locke gives them a better chance to win, but, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they might play great, and it will look like a good decision, or it'll play terrible and block them going. Yeah, I was about to say, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, if if this backfires, they're just going to stick Locke in there. Like, it doesn't really make a huge difference. But I I personally think Bridgewater puts them in a better position to win. I think Bridgewater's better than Locke. Neither one of them are great by any means. But I just – I really just don't like anything I've ever seen from Locke. I don't think he's going to – I really don't see any room for him to develop. Uh, I know they got John Elway, you know, legend, whatever, but – I don't know. I'm not really sold on Locke by any means. I've seen a few Broncos fans on the Twitter sphere were talking mad shit after the decision. They're like, "Why would you do this? Drew Locke is the future." Yada yada. It's like I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, uh, I think the dumbest take I saw in a while was Dan Orlovsky. He tweeted that the Broncos are not a playoff team with Teddy Bridgewater as the starter, which is just not true. Um, I would also amazing a- flip. Yeah, I was. I would also prefer uh, Drew Locke if I was a Broncos fan, just because I feel like he would provide more like uh, promise, hope for the future, um, potential. In that aspect, I agree. Yeah, because uh, you know what you're getting with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, you, you are um, right. You are right. And it's just like uh, the Broncos passed on Justin Fields and Mac Jones to start Teddy Bridgewater this yep. year. Yep. Yeah, Fair that's kind of crazy. But it would have been so like tough for them to have taken because when was Drew Locke drafted? Do you remember what round he was? Uh, he went in the second round. That's what I thought. Yeah, second. So, um, but like, so they didn't it, waste anything per se. Yeah, but it seemed like that's what was kind of happening when they passed on those two guys. Because um, a lot of people thought that they were going to go quarterback. So they were like, okay, so maybe they're going to give Drew Locke another shot. They're just putting Teddy in there to kind of light a fire under him. Um, but then they just went with Teddy. Yeah, and you're right though. Like I thought, they uh, a lot of mock drafts had Justin Fields going to Denver, which mm-hmm. would have made sense for them as well. And I know a lot of Cowboy fans were pissed off that they didn't take a quarterback because yep. because they ended up getting the Cowboys guy. Yeah, they got Patrick Sertain, who I really wanted, but uh, I'm pretty so far. I'm pretty pleased with Micah Parsons. I think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah, he seems. I mean, he was a freak at Penn State, so he should translate well into the NFL. Mm-hmm. For sure. In other news, we got the Rams just acquired Sony Michelle for a couple. They sent over a couple conditional picks to the Patriots for him, which 
my initial reaction is damn bill belichick is fucking good at his job because the patriots were gonna cut sony michelle anyway and now they just got two picks for him so i mean i know it's pocket change in in terms of the draft but two conditional picks are two conditional picks so and for somebody you were literally just gonna toss to the street i mean i think it's a good move for both teams though um I think Michelle will be a good fit for the Rams, even though he's kind of washed per se. How do y'all feel about it? Uh, uh, RIP Daryl Henderson believers. So they're definitely, no, I don't think, I think it's going to be another RBC running back by committee with the Rams. Um, Sony's going to split Shep, split reps with uh, Daryl and probably one of their other guys. I can't remember his name. Xavier um, Jones. Yeah. And then like, Again, like you said, and then this just goes to show with the with the narrative that the Rams hate draft picks and they will do anything within their power to get rid of them. Um, Sean McVay, I think Sean McVay doesn't like rookies because they're the closest in age to him than his other players. Uh, or, and then again, like you said, Billy Billy Belichick just doing his thing. If if he doesn't have a use for a player, he's going to ship him off. It sucks that they used a first-round pick that on him, and it didn't work out for the. I mean, Patriots, he, I guess, had but. A, he had a couple. He had a couple moments, you know, in his time in New England, but for the most part, yeah, it, it was not it. There, what's crazy to think is the Patriots' best running back in the last decade was Legarrette Blunt. That's fucking weird. No shit. Yeah, I mean, he went run. off though that year, bro. Yeah. He went absolutely ham. That just goes to show you, like. Don't fucking pay running backs. How do you feel about it, Cole? Uh, just found out, like, one thing. I think it's hilarious that he won the Super Bowl with the Patriots and then he goes to the Eagles and then beats them in the Super Bowl. That's, that's a funny, uh, that's funny, you know. He was actually a tribute on the Eagles, too, which is funny. Um, no, Eliza, he nailed around the head, like, perfectly. Um, I, I, I think it's, I'm glad I haven't drafted yet. Um, the guy, I think, what, Harrison went in the third round to you guys, or the fourth round. So, that proved to be, uh, Costly because could have got someone better. Time uh, that Um Yeah, I mean, just from Matthew Stafford, he gets another running back. You know that obviously the acres injury was tough. Um, so no, good for. I mean, the Rams. I think they're in the fifth rank of the power rankings for ESPN. Um, so just added more talent to their their offense. So for the Rams to be, uh, you know, one of the contenders. The Ram- We've been talking about that for a while. Yeah, we think the Rams are going to be definitely contenders. I think they're going to have a good year. And yeah, like you said, it's just another weapon for their offense. Uh, I think he's not going to play a major role, but I think Michelle will be a great check down back for uh, for Stafford, you know, because Michelle's a great receiving back, um, you know, but I mean, when we're talking about guys like Kamara, he doesn't compare in any means, but it'll still be something Stafford could fall back on. I feel like pick up a few yards here and there. So it's good, especially since they lost Cam Akers. So I think it was a good move for both parties involved. And last but not least on our NFL news this week is Travis Etienne is out for 12 weeks. It's a bummer. Nobody wants to see a rookie get hurt. But man, what is this? What does this mean for the Jags offense? Are we really are we gonna see James Robinson just have another crazy year? So wait, is is he not out for the season? He is he's out for 12 weeks. So that is his listed injury. And so he I could come back. He could, but I think they're gonna sit on the season. 
Yeah, I mean, it sucks. I guess I was really excited to see both Trevor Lawrence and ETN on the same field as pros together. That would have been cool. Um, but, like, it's not like we're never going to see it because it will happen next year. Um, I was really interested to see how he'd pan out in that Percy Harvin role because they were saying a lot of the buzz around him is that he's lining up at the wide receiver a lot. So I was excited about that. That might have been even a testament to how good James Robinson is running the football too. Um, That's true, yeah, because they're just, just trying to work of, in at the end. So we could have – I would I would really like to see how that played out. But if not, I mean, Robinson's a really good back. Uh, this isn't gonna. I don't think this changes much for the Jags in terms of long term because this year was pretty much just gonna be a building year anyway. Um, this is just getting Trevor Lawrence accustomed to the NFL, uh, getting everyone ready, um, implementing Urban Meyer's culture, I guess, and then you know shooting for the stars either year two or year three. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people too making some hot takes about Urban Meyer. I've heard people saying he's going to get fired before the season's over. I've heard people saying he's going to quit halfway through because he's just not built for this grind. And I completely disagree. I think Urban Meyer is a very unique mind. He he has a he's a football mind, bro. He was literally born for this. This is what his brain is wired to do. Um and he's one of the best collegially of all time. So I think it's, of course, they don't translate directly to the NFL. I mean, look at Nick Saban whenever he went to the Dolphins. But shit happens. I mean, I think Urban's going to be just fine. I think people need to calm down. They're just overreacting because he looks sad on the sidelines. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Dude, it, I'm sure he's stressed out. You know, he's got a lot of shit on his plate. He's not going to look happy all the time. But I think people need to calm down. Urban Meyer's going to be just fine. Has Urban Meyer ever looked happy on the sidelines? No, exactly. He always looks like he fucking left the oven on or something got, at home. Yeah, he's got some shit on his mind at all times. Yeah. Or it's like he always – this is exactly what he looks like, bro. He looks like he always is about to go into the locker room and shoot somebody out. You know what I mean? It's like he's thinking about, oh, I'm about to tell this motherfucker. Like, But, yep. but he's like so fo- – I don't know what it is. That's just what I see it with it. Well, I think a lot of it's just like he's the ultimate competitor. Like when he loses, they've been – like he's been known to take losses so harshly he just like doesn't even know what to do with himself yeah he like truly has like some mental health issues when it comes to like processing that i've heard that as well like he truly does not like he puts so much of his emotion into it like he's so invested into it that it like truly fucking destroys him whenever it doesn't go to plan no but he says he's in a better place with t- terms like that, and he knows that losses come a lot more often in the NFL than when we're coaching at the University of Florida, Ohio State. So I think, I think it's there's, I think it'll be fun. It'll be fine. Yeah, I think so too. What's your record predictions for the Jags? I'm curious. Five, six wins. That'd be pretty good for him. Cole, what about you? Mm-hmm. I go. I'll go six. Uh, I'll go six. I mean, I think they'll be the Texans twice. So that's, you know, basically automatic. <laughs> yeah. That is true. That is true. Right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like Trevor Lawrence would have some, like, crazy, like, have, like, a 400-yard passing game or something, and I like, still win that game or something like that. Like, have a, like, just feel like where he just goes crazy. Um, I hope so, dude. Uh, five, six, I'd say six wins. That's, that's, I mean, they might, and also Ryan, you know, uh, the only Bengals game, that's the like Bengals game is uh, week four against the Jaguars, doesn't that football. So, 
Uh, Let's go, dude. Let's go. Uh, Joey B against Trevor Lawrence. Or won't be out the air by that time. Yeah, dude, that's going to be hype. That that should be an actual Bengals win. Okay, I hope so. I fucking hope so. I think so. I might put a unit on the Jags. Bro, come on, <laughs> dude. No, for real, the Thursday Night Football Jags win screen, is screaming to me right now. Well, I wait for the spread on that one. Oh, sorry? They said uh, Burrow's playing in the, first, in the last season game. He's going to play a few, uh, few snaps. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a little bit of a story because he might either – Look really good, or he might get killed, which would be disastrous. Yeah, I'm not too happy. You know, I don't want to risk anything, but like at the same time, I do want to get his game legs underneath him, have him kind of used to that, so that week one isn't truly his first time since week 12 last year playing in a live football setting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure they've ran through some situations and stuff at practice and whatnot, but nothing compares to the real deal. And I mean, he's only a year two; he didn't even finish his rookie year on the field, so like. There may still be some jitters. Uh, who knows? And I really, really hope that these reports from training camp about Burrow missing throws are just an exaggeration because um, they have too high expectations for him. I really hope that that shit just goes out the window and he comes out on the field and balls out because he's going to be throwing like 50 passes a game. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, we've talked about how training camp could mean everything or mean literally nothing. So <laughs> it's we're, we're just not going to find out until, you know, probably about a quarter way into the season about how he really is feeling, which I'm so excited for. I'm so ready for football, man. I can't wait. Yeah. There's a there's a, a wing bar, like walking distance from where I'm staying at right now in Austin. And, um, you know, I know goddamn well opening night. I'm walking there and I'm getting pissed drunk at this wing place. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to watch football just ready for it. So, yeah, Elijah, two weeks from tomorrow, right? Do what? Two weeks from tomorrow is Cowboys' box, I believe. I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with the preseason. Preseason is just such like a a tease, you know. So it just it all it does is make me mad because it's not like real football. No, you're you're right, Cole. I'm pretty sure it is two weeks from today, though. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah today's Wednesday. Got my days mixed up. I shouldn't though. This is Wednesday. It's podcast day. I should know this by now. Uh, oh, we didn't. Go ahead. What? I was gonna say I was gonna, we didn't we even. Gonna, we didn't talk a lot about it uh, coming up to the game, and I'm sure uh, Eliza will have Eliza will have his uh, predictions uh, ready for my day. Yeah, for Cowboys Bucks, definitely got to. Yeah. yeah, we didn't even mention we're switching to uh, we're going to twice a week. We'll we'll talk about that I guess at the end of the episode. We'll yeah. announce that kind of yeah because we're moving. Yeah, this is our last uh, last Wednesday episode. But alrighty, well, that's that's really all the NFL fantasy talk we got. We went longer than I thought we were going to. So Cole, appreciate you coming on, giving us your fantasy insight. Um, everybody, check out Cole's work on our website, gttsports.com. He has some great blogs on there. Cole, you want to give yourself a social media shout out real quick? What's your username? Uh, I mean, I guess yeah. Follow me on Instagram uh, at colemarkey35. Uh, um, that's the best way to. I might have some links, some blogs. That's the best way to see stuff. So, yep. All righty, check out Cole. Appreciate you coming on, and we will talk to you shortly. I'm sure you'll be on here in the next few weeks again, talking football during the season. So, appreciate you being here, and have a good one, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Peace.
Oh God, I got the screen on there. Remove. Oops, I accidentally clicked add instead of remove. All right, we're back though. We're back. That was nice talking about fantasy mostly. We haven't really like specifically yeah. talked about fantasy kind of in yeah. a while. I, I mean, feel we're like. not like a fantasy football show, but I mean, everyone loves yeah. fantasy, so and we love fantasy, so it just kind of makes sense to implement it. Goes hand in hand. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. With that being said, it's already been 50 minutes though. So is it time for some tier list or do you just want to go straight into predictions and Jake Paul and then we can do tier list next week? Um, nah, fuck it. Let's make a tier or let's make a tier list because we can we can make a tier list real quick. Well, I guess since we're doing twice a week, we can move it to next week if you want. That's to. true. That's true. We can move it to Tuesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, that's, I'll leave it up. To, oh gosh, shit. Um. Yeah, let's move it. Let's go ahead and uh, we'll just give our predictions real quick and then talk about Jake Paul mm-hmm. Woodley because I honestly had forgotten that Jake Paul and Woodley was this weekend. And I'm very excited for that. So we're going to hold off real quick. And we haven't – we've given a ton of predictions. We've done NFL divisions. We've done MVP winners, Super Bowl, all that good stuff. But we haven't really talked about college football as much and what we think is going to happen. So everything is chaos right now. Literally everything is chaos with the conference situation. Uh, Recently they just announced the Pac-12, Big Ten – and ACC have an alliance, which whatever the fuck that means, I don't know. But they have an alliance, I guess, which is basically just the, them saying, hey, we like each other and we're going to schedule games, I guess. Like, it, there's no point in it, really. I don't understand why it's important. But nonetheless, it happened. Um, and now we, we're going to have a weird college football season. It's not going to be normal by any means. But... Yeah. It's gonna be, be it's gonna be normal for this year. Well, schedule wise, yeah. Schedule wise, yes. Shit's gonna start going out down in two years. Yeah, like whenever people actually start moving around, yeah. But I think this year a lot's gonna be different because I feel like there's gonna be a target on Oklahoma. Be a lot of hatred. Yeah, Oklahoma and Texas are gonna have a massive target on their back this year. Yeah, especially Texas, bro. Especially yeah, Texas. UT, I mean, they always have a target on their back, and this just makes it even worse. Because I'm pretty sure they were the driving force behind leaving the Big 12. Like, they were – and then they're like, oh, you just went along because we were like, yeah, wherever you go, I go. Or wherever I go, you, or yeah, wherever you go, I yeah, go. Yeah, they're, they're just a tandem now. They're the powerhouse tandem, yeah, of blue blood football. I think that was definitely more of a Texas move because they're the money-hungry bastards – they literally made the most money of any college football program last year. But for some reason, they want more. I don't know why, but they do. And they have their own fucking television broadcast network. Nothing's enough for these guys. Nothing. And it never Nothing. will be. I'm, I don't know if the SEC will be enough for them. But we'll see. With that being said, though, we're going to go through each major conference, give our predictions, maybe a few teams to look out for here and there, what we think might happen. but. First thing is first, as we're talking about it, we'll start with the granddaddy of them all, SEC. Who's winning the SEC this year? Who else but Bama? <sighs> yep, you already know. It's just like yep. they're, they're not going anywhere. Um, they're never going to go anywhere at this point, it feels like. Nope. Um, unless Saban, you know, I, I think Saban's going to be a, in a coffin 
um, <laughs> for 20 years until he retires. Because, um, like, he just keeps on winning, and he loves that. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know who else would I even pick. I mean, Georgia is going to be competitive again. Yeah, people are high on Georgia this year, but no shot they beat. No Who's a quarterback beat, again? That JT well Daniels. Last. JT Daniels. So they have JT Daniels, and they'll be back again competing. But like this is this is, Bama owns college football. Yeah, it's I hate to just you know go with the routine pick every time, but my predictions are so fucking routine. It's not even funny, right. and yeah, like because there really isn't. It's just the way college football is moving. I mean. You look at the college football playoffs since 2014, how everything's shifted since then. Do you know about the blue chip ratio? No. So the blue chip ratio essentially is a blue chip recruit is a four and five star recruit, which is, you know, yeah, blue okay. chip, kind of like blue blood. Um, so those blue chip recruits have always favored programs like Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, teams that have history teams that have money, teams that have a system built around it, right? But now, since the playoff has been implemented, and literally only, I think, 20 teams, or not 20 teams, 20 of the playoff spots have been filled by, like, the same seven teams in the last five years. I, I don't know the exact stat, but it's ridiculous. Ever since yeah. the playoff, that blue-chip ratio of the number of recruits that go to big schools like that has drastically shifted. I'm talking, like, it used to be 65% and now it's at like 89%. So drastically shifted since the playoff era began. And I mean, that's why we're kind of talking about Alabama will never not be Alabama. Clemson may never not be Clemson. And which is weird to think about because 15 years ago in 2005, Clemson was like a three and nine team. Bama mm -hmm. was okay. They would maybe make a bowl game. But shit, shit turned, and now they're a perennial powerhouse. So it's like, yeah, I don't. We're at the era now, though, where I think it's too late to go back because of this shift and everything, and with the NIL stuff too, name, image, likeness. Those schools like Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, they're going to be able to provide way more opportunities for the athletes than schools like us. You know, TCU, a smaller school, or maybe especially the Group of Five teams like Houston, SMU. Like, it's. A lot is shifting right now. It's crazy. Yeah, you're right. It sucks. And like like you said, Bama, I mean, it wasn't always like this. Bama would – I mean, Bama was always good. But, you know, and they'd be there. But, you know, there'd be years where it would just be a lot of other teams competing. I mean, there's always going to be powerhouses in college football. College football always, always has and always will be a powerhouse um, run entity. But the way that it's gone now is just ridiculous. It's the same four teams, you know, for the most part. It's it's Bama, it's Clemson, for some reason. I guess Dabo Sweeney, you know, just decided that he has turned Clemson into college football royalty. Yeah, it's weird of all programs. Um, like it's a it's awesome in its own right, though. It really yeah, is. Yeah, I agree. Um and then there's OSU, Ohio State, and then there's OU. And then like, yeah. that's it. That, and then, that's... Or like, or like SEC. Like, if you want to go to the SEC, those four teams. I think it was those four teams have taken over seventy-five. They've taken three fourths of the playoff spot, which is yeah. absurd. Like that's it's you know it's a spectacle. Sure, the playoff is entertaining, but is it really entertaining when it's the same fucking matchups every year? And I get it. The alumni fan base, SEC, is always going to have a huge fan base. 
Oklahoma has a huge alumni support network. Ohio State probably has one of the biggest alumni alumni networks in the country. Mm-hmm. So they're going to make money off of it. It's going to be money, but it's just I don't I don't know how to fix it. I mean, I don't think there's yeah. a solution really, but shit's going downhill. I think like fans are probably already starting to feel a lot of fatigue from this already. And it's not going Yeah, I I used to be like I used to be 100% die hard college football is above and beyond my favorite compared to the NFL. But now I don't even know. Like maybe it's because I've followed pro sports a little bit more as I've gotten older, but really I think it has to do with just the way the college football's evolved. It it hasn't evolved in a good way. If anything it's devolved. Like I think it's going downhill. They're not really making the best decisions because the NCAA isn't a governing body. They can't control the teams. They yeah. can't control the conferences. So it's just different. I mean, I assume yeah. then since we're talking about predictions, I assume you have Ohio state and Clemson as well winning the conference. Yep. Yeah. Ohio state, Clemson, OU all winning their respective conferences. And then like, you know, and this is, this is what we get when we implemented a postseason. You know, but when in years past, college football was all about the regular season. That's why um, that's what that's what made college football great is because the regular season meant so much. You know, um, it was that's what it was pretty much all about. And then there was one championship game at the end, which was awesome. Yeah. And then it meant something to go to the New York Six Bowl, too. You know, the NFL, like teams would go to the playoffs and that's what, like you could have a great team. And the NFL lose round one of the playoffs, and you're like, oh, I figured about that team forever. But if you're an alumni from somewhere and they win, you know, 10 or 11 games and they go to a really good bowl game, even if they win or lose that bowl game, you're going to remember that team. But now that's yeah. washed with a college football playoff. You're, you're not going to even think about it. All you're going to think about is how they missed the playoff. I mean, you look at one of the greatest teams in TCU's history when they won the Chick Play Bowl, all we can ever talk about that year is how they didn't go to the playoff. It is arguably the greatest TCU team of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Literally, either that or the Rose Bowl team. Exactly. Yeah. And that situation, bro, they were ranked third going into the final college football playoff rankings. They won their game, final game, 55 to three, and got dropped from third to six. That's just, there's so many faults there. There's so many faults. And like you said, you're right, though. The regular season was a bit more important, it seems like, with the BCS system. But there were some faults with that as well. Um, I do like the postseason format because it gives a chance like the fourth, you know, the fourth ranked team could be better than the number one team. How do we know? You know what I mean? And so that did make it tough because it was literally only the number one and number two ranking no matter what for the game. But I I think the regular season is still important with the playoff, but you're right. It has diminished it a a bit. And then you bring a good point. Like, yeah, in theory, this is a definitely, this is probably one of the best examples we've ever seen of in theory versus in practice when it comes to sports. So in theory, absolutely, we should be top four teams. But now that we've seen it in practice, is this really the best way to go about it when it's the same yeah. four teams? Yeah. I mean, they have moved this summer. They're in the process of formally, you know, moving to 12 teams as the format. Yeah. The The committee know. seems to be behind it now. But, you know, we talked about the same thing, though, in theory versus in practice. In yeah. theory – this 12-team playoff sounds like it's going to solve all of our problems. But then who's to say that whenever it actually happens, it's going to be the conference champions, which are going to be the same probably every year. And then I guarantee they're going to stick in like six SEC teams, you know? Yeah. No, um, 
the college football playoff has been basically communism. <laughs> yeah. In theory, it sounds great. Um, everyone loves each other, and this is going to work out great. But in practice, it's it's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. That's that's a great football example. Playoff is communism. <laughs> it's moving that way, bro. It quote is. It. They <laughs> quote it, bro. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm going to put that as our title for the episode is college football football communism. College football playoff is communism. Well, because even with the 12 team format too, that's going to leave a lot of room for bias. I mean, the guys that are deciding this um, is literally a group of 12 to 13 people made up of athletic directors, former coaches, people that are qualified to be making these decisions. But at the same time, why should the athletic director of Wisconsin be ranking the team's while Wisconsin is a top 10 team. You know what I mean? That just seems kind of like a conflict of interest to me. Obviously, they're going to put Wisconsin a bit higher than the rest of the people. You know? Yeah. That's where I I wish they could combine the BCS and playoff system. That's my dream. Use the computer from the BCS, the computer that ran all the numbers, decided the rankings, and then combine it with the playoff format. I think that mm-hmm. may be something worth a stab at. I think it'd be worth it to see what BCS would come up with and like, that's true. You know, like keep the, keep the playoff committee in line, but like keep a close eye on what the computer's doing. Yeah. And like at the computer, if like we could pull up the data from the past five years, what would the computer done versus what the, the committee would have done? It'd be really interesting to see that. Cause I guarantee like Cincinnati last year, even though they're a group of five team, they went undefeated. They won a few. They won a few ranked games or games against ranked opponents, and they were ranked eighth. Their peak was number eight in the rankings, which is insane for a twelve and zero team. I get it; their schedule wasn't as hard as the other schools, but twelve and zero is twelve and zero. It's it's hard to do, and I think BCS probably would have had them in the top four. Probably, I mean, it's hard to say exactly, who but, knows? but yeah, uh, who yeah. who knows? Yeah, the SEC, the Big Ten, ACC, those are literally hands down a lock. Clemson, Ohio State, Bama are going to win the conference again. Yeah, biggest fucking cap of all time is that the college football playoff saying, oh, no, this isn't a, a detriment to the group of five. Like, they're definitely going to be included. Like, no, they get one group. They get one near six bowl, and then that's, you know. That's, that's it, yeah. you get? Yeah, it, it does seem like, though, they usually – are represented by like one team or two teams. Like, you know, this last year it was Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina. Um, other years it's been UCF. Uh, Memphis even had a good run. I remember Western Michigan went 12-0, and and I think it was 2016. Western yeah. Michigan uh, went off randomly. I mean, the, the group of five is eating their meat, but they're not getting any pudding. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to put it. It's a great mm-hmm. way to put it. Yeah, I feel awful. As somebody, as a TCU fan – coming from a former Mountain West situation where we were the little guys. We never got the chances we deserved. I feel for the group of five right now. Mm-hmm. Like, they deserve more opportunity. And I think the NIL era is going to be good for them in terms of recruiting. It could open up some opportunities. But then again, it could also close the doors because these other schools can provide more. So it's tough. You think, um, back to predictions, though, uh, you said OU for the Big 12, right? Yeah, it's just, I mean. It's the most sensical. Spencer Rattler really turned his season around last year. He went from dog shit to pretty good, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, And I expect him to take off like every other OU quarterback has done. Um, He's my Heisman pick as well. Really? You're going with Rattler as Heisman? I'm going with Rattler. I mean, you can't, I mean, he, 
he impressed me so much with his evolution last year. He went from like thinking that he was the shit and then getting benched and then coming back in that UTOU game um, and then the Red River rivalry and then just was lights out from that point on. From like the second half of the season, he was really awesome. So if he plays in the second half form from last year, all year this year, yeah. I, I mean, I could see it. I mean, he's a favorite for a reason. And yeah, who would have thought, though, by Lincoln Riley benching uh, Spencer Rattler would have been his best coaching decision of the year? Because you're mm-hmm. right. It, it, that probably is what sparked his turnaround. Um, personally, I think Spencer Rattler is a tad overrated. He did have a great turnaround, but people are talking like he's going to just instantly turn into the number one draft pick a- after this year. And I think that's a bit of a stretch. Um, and maybe that's just because I'm coming from Trevor Lawrence, who was literally the expected number one pick for the last like three years. You know, everybody knew he yeah. would eventually be that. Um, so maybe I'm just a bit too skeptical on Rattler. For me, though, Heisman wise, if I'm going to make a bet betting wise, I'm taking either. I still don't know how to pronounce this and I won't until the season. But DJ, DJ Ugalele or whatever, the new Clemson quarterback, I think Clemson's going to go back to back with QB Heisman's. Um, that's my number one pick. And then number two is going to be Sam Howell at uh plus 1600, even though UNC won't win the conference, won't make the playoffs. They're going to put up ridiculous offensive numbers and yeah. Sam Howell's going to have a good year because it's his hopefully, draft year. Hopefully UNC can be a surprise team this year in terms of competing for the college football playoff. I think they're, they're probably the number one team I have in mind that could upset one of those guys, but then they have to run through Clemson. Um, yeah, but, that's tough. But then again, this is a Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. But DJ is pretty good. Yeah, so, he's I pretty. Mean, like, I don't think I really don't think they're missing much of a beat. But like Sam Howell's lights out. Their offense is crazy good. Hopefully, their defense can do something. Um, but yeah, I I hope UNC can do big things. I definitely expect a ten win season from them. UNC 10 win. Yeah, I can see 10 win. I think it's either going to be 9 and 3 or 10 and 2, probably, because they did lose mm-hmm. as explosive as their offense is. They did lose Javante Williams and Diame Brown, who was probably their two biggest weapons, but mm-hmm. they had a bunch. So I'm sure two guys will step in and fill those roles. They still got San Howell, though. Yeah, exactly. And that's all you, that's what you really want to keep. That's what you, you need. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And then. Um, last but not least is, uh, for the Heisman, I'm not taking a pick at this at all, but I just found this interesting. CJ Stroud, the Ohio state quarterback for next year, uh, was announced is currently the number five projected on the Heisman odds. Uh, I think it's plus 1800 or plus 1200, maybe around that range. But what are, what are the Buckeyes going to do whenever Quinn Edwards is here? Cause CJ Stroud is young. And now Quinn Edwards, like the greatest quarterback recruit of all time, arguably, is coming in next season. What the fuck are they going to do? Like, are they just going to have to have a QB battle of all ages again and then ship one off? Pretty much, yeah. Exactly like you said it. So if Quinn Edwards doesn't, if he, if he doesn't win the starting job, he's going to transfer. That's so, so weird to think so about because like, he left yeah. school early for it, you know? Yeah. I, I just think that, um, yeah, like they'll probably just get in CJ Stroud. And if he doesn't win a national title, then he's not guaranteed the starting job. That's, yeah. that's basically it. I, I think that honestly, like if he, if he doesn't win it, then it's probably Quinn Harris. Cause like, look at, look what happened with Trevor Lawrence a couple of years ago. Like, um, what's his name? 
why am I blanking on it? The guy that replaced Deshaun Watson, um, Kelly. Kelly Brian Kelly. Oh, that's the coach. I know exactly who you're talking Kelly about. Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant. Okay, yeah, Kelly Bryant. The year after he took Clemson to the college football playoff, lost to Bama. Um, that year, he started three games before Trevor Lawrence took over. Yeah. And he, after he took them to the college football playoff, you're going to look exactly the same situation with Ohio State next year with Quinn Hours. That's that's actually a really good comparison, yeah. That's got to suck, though, to be in C.J. Stroud's position. That's kind of a lot, you know. He's got to get of this pressure. Bread. He's got to get the bread, dude. I mean, especially whenever Quinn Edwards is literally already a millionaire. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's about to sign an NIL deal worth millions of dollars. So, obviously, the rest of the world thinks Edwards is going to be that guy. But C.J. Stroud might think otherwise. I don't know. That's going to be interesting to see pan out. I'm, I'm excited. But uh, national championship prediction, who you got? Um, I'm going Bama. I mean, right now, at this point, like, just looking at it, um, Bryce Hall seems like the Bryce real Hall, deal. Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Sorry, not yeah. Bryce Hall. TikToker. Bryce Hall's the TikToker. There's Bryce yeah. Young, Bryce Hall, Bryce Love. There's a lot of Bryce's in yeah, – A lot of Bryce's and Jalen's get mixed up these days. Yeah. Um, but – Jalen's more with basketball, though. Anyway, uh, yeah, I guess Bama. I mean, it's that's like the lazy slash smart pick to make. Um I, I predict another first round exit from OU. Oh that's, yeah, definitely. That's like the boldest prediction I can make is that you know. Um, so yeah, like odds are that three out of the four teams that we predicted are going to make it. Would, um, so I think we probably have the same playoff then with Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Yeah, unless like unless maybe USC, who's our. I think mine and yours both Pac-12 pick because Pac-12 is pretty watered down. And USC, USC is like the only other team. I'm going with Utah. I'm... Oh, you're going with Utah? Yeah, I'm going with Utah in the Pac-12. Really? I'm going USC. I think USC, I have always I, – I, I kind of have a bias against USC. I think they're always one of the most overrated teams because of their history. Mm-hmm. Just like Notre Dame, just like Texas – they're always one of those teams that find themselves in the preseason top 25, even if they went four and eight the season before. You know what I mean? It, it just – they're always overvalued. So I wouldn't be surprised if they they won the Pac-12 because they do have Keaton Slovis. He's supposed to be a really good quarterback. Um, they have a decent team. But Utah, I'm just going maybe a value pick gambling-wise because they're plus 500 odds. And they had a pretty good year last year, so in the yeah, weird true. COVID year. No, but I mean, I guess I could see USC taking one of those spots. But other than that, like, I just I don't see too many teams that are just going to take these powerhouses because they're just flooded with four and five star recruits. Yeah, not exactly. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun year of college football, but then also fucking boring considering it's gonna be the same. It's gonna be the same end results. It's gonna be the same end results. Yeah. I will I watch it? Of course I will watch it, and <laughs> and I will it's love every the- second of it. It's about the journey. You got to just yeah. keep on reminding yourself. It's about the journey. Exactly. All right. Well, that's that's about it for college football predictions. We basically have the same exact shit other than the Pac-12, USC versus Utah. But Pac-12 is always the most up in the air. No no one ever really knows for the Pac-12. Yeah, Pac-12 is in a really bad spot right now, honestly. 
Like a lot of their really good teams just aren't that good. Like Arizona State, not good right now. Have been for a while. Um, Stanford's oh, really bad. Stanford hasn't been good for a while. Oregon hasn't been great for a while. Oregon's so up and down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've been so up and down lately. Washington has honestly been their best, arguably, which is weird. Yeah, but as soon as um, their couple big guys that they had there for a little bit left, Jake Browning left. Jake Browning, John Ross. Yeah, they haven't done much. Like They had that one good year, and they had another good year after that. Yeah, I mean, they made the playoffs one year. They, Shit. Made, they made the playoffs, and then they had it one good year after that, and since then they've been snoozers. Yeah, big time. Pac-12 is an enigma. It truly is. I think they're in a bad situation right now, but if the call, if the conference realignment goes their way and they pick up TCU, Oklahoma State, I think then they're going to be in a good situation. That'll mm-hmm. help them out a lot. Compared to the SEC, hell no, but it, it would definitely be an improvement for them. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it for college football. Let's finish this up with some fucking Jake Paul because you already know we love Jake Paul here. Not really, but it's I'm fucking hyped. That's all I got to say. We're talking about I'm him so a lot. excited. Yeah, we do talk about him a lot, but it's because he's he's good. He's good for media, bro. He's really good is. news. I don't know. He does his job well. He gets us talking. Mm-hmm. What are you uh, – We've talked about it whenever it was first announced, but that was a while ago. So we won't dive too deep into it. But how are you feeling? What are your predictions? Um, I hope Tyron Woodley is finally the guy to do it. Um, this is easily Jake Paul's biggest threat. Uh, did you see that one video of Tyron just absolutely shit talking Jake Paul and Jake Paul didn't know what to say? No, what was what was going on? I can't. He tried to say something, and Tyron Woodley was like, "Shut the fuck up!" He's like, "It's my <laughs> turn to talk," and then just completely big dicked him. And then Jake Paul was just like, uh, 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 "And I can't. it was a while ago since I saw it, but Tyron big dicked him." So I think Jake Paul might be a little scared, honestly. Um, I saw that. Um, there's like a clause in the uh, in their contract, their fight contract, to where if Tyrone Woodley wins then he has to do um, a rematch. But if Jake Paul wins, then there's going to be no rematch, which that kind of makes me feel like uh, – that makes me feel like Jake's a little nervous. I'm talking – did you see in the contract, um, if Tyrone Woodley wins, they have to they have to do a rematch. But if Jake Paul wins, no rematch. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that, that. that makes me think that Jake Paul is a little, a little nervy, you know? Um, that makes me really confident that Tyron Woodley is going to win this fight and then Jake Paul is going to win the next fight. I'm convinced that all these fights are really rigged. Anyway. So they, see, I am too, but then again, like Tyrone Woodley is not the guy that would take a million dollars to get his ass beat and publicly embarrassed for losing to Jake Paul. You know what I mean? Ben Askren is that guy. He doesn't give a fuck. Tyrone Woodley definitely gives a fuck because he was, after he lost, like, he ended his UFC career on a four-fight losing streak. He was not mentally there when he was losing those fights at all. He was a completely different person. So I'm really hoping that this is like sparked that fire in him again. And he just wants to, mm, I don't know, bro. I feel like he's not worried about anything other than knocking him out. There definitely seems to be some true hatred on Woodley's end of things. Yeah, I don't know. I just... Triller's just such a shitty company. Yeah, you're right. 
Yeah. So, like, that's why I will never buy one of these pay-per-view fights. I will forever illegally stream them. Yeah, definitely and for this I shit. I definitely yeah. promote illegally streaming them. Do not buy these fights. Yeah, fuck you, Watch Triller. Them. Come get us, Watch bro. Them. I dare you. <laughs> Pirate the shit out of them. Like, sail so the seven seas. Sail the seven seas. Sail the seven seas while watching some boxing. Like, odds wise, though, odds wise, Jake Paul has moved a lot. He went from a minus 150 favorite to a minus 200 favorite, which is fucking absurd. I don't understand. I don't understand why. Tyrone Woodley is plus 160. And part of me just wants to throw 100 on Woodley just because of how electric it's going to be. I tell you this right now. Bold statement because it's not fucking happening. If Tyrone Woodley, if the same result as last fight happens, if Tyrone Woodley gets knocked out by Jake Paul in the first round, this luscious head of hair, I'm shaving it bald. I don't care. It's all gone. I will be... As bald as, I don't even know. I don't want to say it, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'll be very bald, and I will I'll rock it because it's not going to happen. That's how confident I am. Tyron Woodley will at least get out of the first round. But I kind of want to do that if Tyron Woodley loses, though. I kind of want to risk it, but I don't know. I'm feeling so confident. Uh, I'll probably put a small play on Woodley, but I'm not going to put 100 bucks because, again, like this, I just don't trust Triller at all. Like They're so – they're so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jake Paul, so you never really know. It's Jake Paul. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe one day when he finally gets enough fights in him, he'll get his actual fighting license and not an exhibitionist license and fight for real. And hopefully get his ass kicked by, like, I don't know, Joe Saunders or Canelo or something. I don't know. Dude, yeah. I hope he fights He's Deontay out of Wilder. Class, though. Yeah, Deontay Wilder. Wilder, bro. You'd fucking Deontay, murder him. Deontay Wilder would piece him up, bro. I would love to watch that. Did you see though that um Jake Paul? I don't know the I forgot the exact quote, but he basically said that kids of this generation are gonna look up to him as like a godlike figure, like people did with Mike Tyson. Which okay. is absurd. He's good, like he knows how to promote himself. He does, We've you're right. That. He's a He's a great businessman. One of I've the been best. saying that about I've been saying that about him since this whole shit started. Is that he knows how to promote himself. He knows how to make money. He knows how to be successful in terms of making money. So like, and I respect him for that. Honestly, I I don't hate him as much as the little troll that he is. Yeah. Um, and there's I, sometimes I, I, like with his shit with Conor McGregor where it's just kind of like crossing the line. But yeah, I agree. It is his troll shit works very well. I mean, you look at LeVar Ball, you know, he talked all that shit, but I mean, his sons went second and third overall pick, both playing and, in the NBA. And now LiAngelo is on the Hornets too as well, so. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Got so, I mean, ball, it's, ball just, combo. it's kind of like, you know, LeVar Ball, Donald Trump, and uh, Jake Paul, they all know what they're doing. It's like, it's one of the art, it's like one of the art, of persuasion or like one of the 47 rules of control or something like that there's like a a bunch of list of rules of like how to garner attention or how to like rule or how to make money and how to be successful and that's garner attention at all costs yeah jake paul does that they definitely do that same thing goes along the lines of no publicity is bad publicity you know they're getting their name out there people are talking about them definitely yeah 
I'm I'm so hyped for that though. Even though it is thriller, even though it is bullshit, I just I'm so hyped because I'm convinced that now will finally be the time where Jake Paul shuts the fuck up and has to say something humble. Because I I bet if he oh, loses, no. I bet if he loses, he's not gonna be like, oh, this is bullshit. He's he's bigger than that. You know what I mean? Like if he actually loses the fight, I guarantee he'll come on the mic and be like, Tyrone Woodley is fantastic. Yada yada yada. Props to him, which is honestly going to make me even more mad. <laughs> like seeing no. Jake Paul be respectful after all this shit. No, I don't. I don't see him doing that at all. I, I see him making up some lame excuse, like he had food poisoning or something. Really? Something ridiculous. If he loses, like he's going to find somewhere or another, blame it on the refs, blame it on like he had like a, a migraine or something, or like he had like a. Turns out he had like a torn rotator cuff. Dude, I'm hyped, bro. He, there's no fucking way that he admits defeat he's gonna be like because like you said they have that that rematch clause mm-hmm. so he's like this fucking bullshit i lost because of this um this obviously does not count so we're gonna fight again yeah yeah i i, I could see it going either way actually yeah so i'm i'm very curious to see how it pans out regardless of the result there's gonna be hella memes on twitter and tiktok about this so it's gonna be fun it's a good weekend for fighting. Uh, Barstool Rough and Rowdy. It's Friday. Oh, it is. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, Pac-Man yeah, couple... Jones. Is yeah, fighting. Pac-Man Jones is gonna fight. So, like, this is gonna be a good weekend for fighting. I gotta get that, bro. I can. Uh, I get that for free with the Viceroy program. Oh shit. Gotta gotta. I think it's only like twenty up. bucks, but that's another one of those things that's really easy to to uh, stream. So. Yeah. yeah, Barstool makes a shit ton of money on that, though. It's crazy. <laughs> I watched the the last one I watched was the Jose Canseco one. It was fucking entertaining. Me too. That one was awesome. That's the that, that was my was first awesome. one I've actually watched. Yeah, that same Billy here. football, bro. Billy football's the man. Yeah, for sure. People's champ. That's where we're on the way. I almost bro. put money on, on Billy way. football, but then I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I forgot there were betting lines. I would have too. Yeah. Fuck Jose Canseco. He's like plus two hundred too. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, if you look at Jose, he's fucking. He's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah, it should be fun, though, regardless. All right, let's hit some love it or loathe it, round out the episode. Let's do it. All righty. Not too many on today's card. Before we start, though, do you want to talk about um, our new schedule? Oh, yeah, let's do that. So, for those that are still watching, appreciate you still being here. But kind of an announcement we meant to mention at the beginning of the episode. We are going to be moving... From Wednesday, we are no longer going to be doing our live show Wednesdays at 8 p.m. They're going to be on Tuesday and Thursday. We don't have an exact time yet. I apologize, but again, our schedules are kind of haywire. But nonetheless, we're going Tuesday and Thursday for sure. We're going to be moving to twice a week format because as we've gotten more comfortable with everything, I'm sure you can even just look at our episode history. We went from like 50 minutes to an hour and then now we're at we have some at an hour and 50 we're just we're getting more comfortable talking with each other we're getting more comfortable with everything um it's more natural so i think splitting it up into two is going to be a lot better for the viewer especially because i know sometimes sitting through a whole two hours is a bit taxing on the mind so maybe splitting that up into two one-hour segments or a 45 minute episode will be great for football season so that's our plan going forward we're gonna be moving to tuesday thursday so yeah and that'll also give room for uh, our other podcasts on our network. They're also going to be going live on our Twitch and YouTube blanket coverage. I think they're going to be going 
uh, on Monday for one of the days. They haven't told me for sure for yet, but stay on the lookout for that. Um, hopefully, we can have a constant streamline of shows on, you know, on our YouTube and everything coming soon. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. All right. Uh, All right. Do you want to go first or second? Uh, I'll go ahead and go first. Okay. All right. Let's hit it. All right. So Yadi Molina announces he will retire after the 2022 season. This is a love it and loathe it at the same time. Love it because it's it's the right time. He's had a hell of a career, but also loathe it in the sense that you never want to see you know a Hall of Famer walk away from the game. So that, that really part to announce it. I mean, yeah, but probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's true. But it's like it's a year and a half away. <laughs> the season so isn't I, even over yet. I, that's there, true. Yeah. It's it's a little crazy, but whatever. Um, Padres fire pitching coach Larry Rothschild amidst struggles. See, I loathe this one because why the fuck in the MLB, and maybe this is just my idiocracy, but why the fuck in the MLB is a pitching bullpen struggles blamed on the pitching coach? I get it. They have an effect, but these are grown men that are professionals that are just in a slump. You know what I mean? Like, you need to figure them out before you figure out the coach, I think. So, I, I don't know. I think that's kind of weird. Got to try something different sometimes when you get desperate. That's true. That's true. Uh, Orioles are on a 19 – yeah, speaking of desperate, Orioles are on a 19-game losing streak. It may be 20 by now at this point. Do we know? Uh, the game was going on as I wrote this, so I'm not 100% sure if they lost or not. But I'm going to go ahead and say I love this one. Because it's been fun to keep up with their loss tracker. It started at like 10 losses in a row. And every so often you'll just see a Twitter update. Oh, Orioles are at 12 now. Oh, they're at 11 now. Like, or 13, 14. What, they did they win? They won? Hey, good for the Orioles. All right, love it. I love it even more. They just broke a 19-game losing streak. Good, good for them. For them. Okay, and then Sterling Shepard and Browns cornerback Troy Hill fight during a practice. I love this one. Did you see that that video? No, I haven't yet. I don't know exactly how it started, bro, but Sterling Shepard and Troy Hill, I think it literally just started because uh, after a play, as they were walking away, Troy Hill said something, and then Sterling Shepard was like, what the fuck did you just say? And then it escalated from there. But it wasn't like a typical – you know, uh, training camp fight, as we mentioned with like the Giants dog pile a couple weeks ago. This was a serious scrap. Like Sterling Shepard and Troy Hill, they took their helmets off. They were punching each other, bro. They were really going at it. And I thought it was hilarious to watch. So I'm going to love that one. Yeah. Watching football players throw hands is always really funny because they're really bad at it for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, ironic, I feel like. Yeah. Well, like the only good, legit punch. The legit punches I've ever seen is Nolan Ryan when he got charged and grabbed that dude by the head, put him in a headlock. And then, of course, um, you Rome know, Dodor. Yeah, fucking Rugned. Yeah. Punching Joey Batista in the face. That's the cleanest clock of all time. That was the cleanest of all time. Yeah. I think hockey players probably take the crown when it comes uh, to Yeah, fighting. well, hockey, like, but that's part of the game. So I guess it doesn't count. Yeah, it's separate. Yeah, different, different. Okay. All right, we'll flip it over to you. This one isn't sports-related, but I included this in Love It or Love It because it has been the talk of the day on social media. The yeah. new Spider-Man trailer came out. I love it. Um, Doc Ock is back. I'm pretty sure that the Green Goblin is going to be back. There was like a laugh teaser. 
Toby Maguire is definitely going to be back. I'm so fucking excited. My Spider-Man, our Spider-Man, I'm pretty it's your Toby Maguire is your Spider-Man, right? I love Toby Maguire, yeah. Yeah. So my Spider-Man is going to be back. Um can't wait. This is going to be a really good MCU movie. Um I was kind of worried that I'm I'm like an MCU fan. I don't follow it like super closely. I'm not like a huge nerd, but I end up somehow watching every single movie that comes out. So I guess I am. Um, so I'm really, I thought it was going to be dead after uh, Endgame, but it's going to be pretty sick. After yeah, it, I don't so. know how they're how they're staying so relevant after Endgame and shit. It's crazy. Kevin Feige, just galaxy brain. Big brain, dude. Yeah, shit. All right, next up is Shikari Richardson places ninth in her return to the track. I love this. This is hilarious. Yeah. Um, it was also funny to see all the people that had her back so hard um, after she got canned and then completely turned on her for saying, oh, you suck and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and like people were roasting her, man, dude. And she was talking a lot of shit to herself. She was trying to and then she goes out and does this like you just can't beat the Jamaicans. Yeah, the Jamaicans dusted her, bro. Yeah, so. All righty. And last but not least, we got J.R. Smith is now officially a golfer at NCANT. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I like, We said it before. This is the most random sports story of all time. It, of all literally. Time. Yeah. I don't understand like, how this happened. If it's not, then please hit me with what beats us. Um, this is Every I love everything about it. I can't wait to see Twitter. I can't wait to see this on Twitter. Like like you said when we first uh, broke, like the news first broke. I guarantee we're gonna see Jr. Smith shirtless in some khakis, you know, with some highlights of a putt Bro, or something. I I can't wait to see him when he's paired up to like some eighteen year old scrawny kid, like scrawny white kid, like yeah, freshman like, in college. Yeah, like some Will Zalatoris <laughs> looking ass kid. Yeah, makes a fucking Jr. Smith, dude. like a six foot four, just going up, just, tattooed guy, like Jr. Smith, just going up to him, be like, "Hey, bro, is this like an eight iron or a nine iron?" He's like, <laughs> dude, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. It's like, dude, I'm like, sorry, it's eight iron, right iron. <laughs> bro. He's gonna make the other golfers his bitch out there, bro. He doesn't need a caddy, bro. Gonna... I couldn't imagine being 18 years old and you're like, you're like in a playoff with Jr. Smith. About to win this college tournament, and you're about to sink your birdie putt, and 36 year old J.R. Smith is just staring at you from across, just like that'd be yeah. so intimidating, bro. Dude, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> awesome! I can't wait. I can't wait to see that. All right, well, that's all we got for this week's episode. If you guys stayed watching the whole time, we appreciate you being here. Or if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, we appreciate you. Um, a few announcements, though. We mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we have a couple of new people joining our staff. Going to have some new writers uh, posting some blogs coming soon. Uh, we're also expanding into a GTD Sports network. We, we're going to have multiple podcasts on there. We have blanket coverage recently added. Elijah's is going to be starting up soon. We just added Zach Sports HQ for a fantasy podcast. A lot's in the works right now. A lot's going on. Uh, we're Main thing to take away from this is we are no longer on Wednesday, though. We are moving to Tuesday, Thursday. I'll get all those announcements put up and switch our schedule on Twitch and all that good stuff. But, well, yeah, stay on the lookout. Next Tuesday is going to be our first twice-a-week episode. So, yeah, 
Got a lot of stuff going in this next week. It's going to be good. Football's right around the corner, man. I can, I can taste it. All righty. Thanks for listening. See y'all next week at Tuesday. On Tuesday. Remember that. <laughs>